Do you know the first thing that God said wasn't good in the book of Genesis? It's in Genesis 2, um, chapter 2, verse 8. It says that the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. God created us for relationship. I mean, all of us, right? The reality of life is we face conflict, we face trial, we carry burdens. Some of us even today came in here and there's burdens on our shoulders that we are carrying today. And carrying weight alone, heavy weight alone, it's not fun. And if there's one thing that Proverbs teaches us, it's that life is a journey and we were never meant to take this journey alone. Welcome to Refuge Podcast, a weekly Bible study for young adults at Calvary Chapel, San Juan Capistrano. We're going through a teaching series right now that um, is on Proverbs. Proverbs um, being wisdom as a way of life, or it's like we, we sometimes like to call it Solomon's unfiltered Twitter account. Right, where you just like read it and it's just like one random thought to another, to another. And you're like, where is the sense in all of this? Um, There's no cohesive, you know, thread through it all. But in reality, what we've been learning about wisdom and what wisdom is, to kind of catch maybe some of you up, is wisdom is learning how to live right in a complicated world. And I think even just today, we we can look even just at our world, at our nation, and almost be baffled and confused. And we live in a complicated world. And wisdom is knowing what to do in those gray areas, in those tricky situations. We've also seen how wisdom, we need it for every part of life. You know, none of us are born wise. No one is just born into wisdom and just automatically just like mega mind. You have like a huge head and you're just like, I'm so wise in everything. But Rather, we're made wise by the choices that we make. And today we're going to see an essential key to becoming wise. And that's rightly understanding friendship. Rightly understanding friendship. So if you want to listen along, this is what Proverbs has to say on friendship. So feel free to, ooh, or ah, after they're at. I'm just joking. Okay, so here we go. God's word says, In Proverbs, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious, he will have the king as a friend. Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. Whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day or like vinegar on soda. (laughs) Just as damaging. (laughs) Don't worry, I laughed too when I was reading some of these. Just as damaging as a madman shooting a deadly weapon is someone who lies to a friend and then says, I was only joking. Right? These are kind of like Twitter little feeds, okay? (laughs) Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. This is chapter 27 right here. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. This is one of my favorites, one of my favorites right here. Whoever blesses his neighbor 
with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as a curse. <laughs> I don't know. Just, you know, first service, Sunday morning's really difficult for us on the worship team, getting here like super early. And uh, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> um, 17, verse 17 in chapter 27, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue. And to flatter friends is to lay a trap for their feet. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your wisdom that is found in this book. God, there's so much in there, Lord, and and we just pray that our hearts, God, we pray that you'd give us understanding, Lord. Um, I know for me personally, Lord, I'm not the smartest or the wisest, God, and I have really no right to be standing up here, God, but it's by your grace and and it's... um, really by your, your saving grace, Lord, that all of us are here, are, are here today. And so we just recognize that, Lord. We want to cast out our pride that we know it all or maybe that we think we do. We want to come here humbly and, and pray that you would teach us and not that we would just gain head knowledge, Father, but that you would change us. And we know we need your Holy Spirit for that. And so Holy Spirit, fill our hearts. We just surrender today to you. God, we thank you that you, Lord, are our greatest friend. And so we look to you, we lean upon you, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in 1942, uh, the U.S. Army assembled a volunteer parachute regiment to jump behind enemy lines. And embedded in this unit was a company of men who landed to fight at the forefront of the war in Europe. That company was known as Easy Company part of the 101st Airborne Division. And these brave men parachuted behind enemy lines in the early hours of D-Day on June 6th in support of the landings at Utah Beach. They also participated in liberating Holland from a four-year-long German Nazi occupation. They fought through blizzarding snow and held the front line in foxholes in the Battle of the Bulge. They were the first to enter Hitler's mountain retreat in the Bavarian Alps on the Austrian border as Germany surrendered. And the bond that developed among the members of this company, Easy Company, was unlike any other. Stephen E. Ambrose, who one day would later collect these men's stories and would write a book about them, which he entitled Band of Brothers, recounted this profound friendship, and he wrote this. He said, they found combat, they found in combat the closest brotherhood that they ever knew. They found selflessness. They found they could love the other guy in their foxhole more than themselves. They found that in war, men who loved life would give their lives for them. Friendship is a powerful tool in shaping a person's life. You know, the Bible is full of this. We read it in in King David, right? He's a great example of a man who was shaped by the friends he was surrounded by. And you almost wonder, you know, the, the person who wrote Proverbs, right? Solomon, David's son. You almost wonder if Solomon was thinking about his dad as he wrote these verses on friendship. Like in Proverbs 27, you look down at verse 17. And this is the New Living Translation. I have it right here. And it says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens another friend. You know, the book of Proverbs speaks more on friendship than any other subject. 
It paints a picture to us of how friendship should be truly valued and carefully kept. Because as most of us may hear today, hopefully you're figuring this out. If not, you'll figure this out as you get older. But that the direction of our lives is drastically shaped by the relationship, the relationships we have in our lives. My coach in high school used to say it. Maybe you've heard it said to you before, but show me your friends and I'll show you your future. More often than not, we go the way that of the people that we hang around, we hang most around with. The people closest to you will in part determine your future. And they're some of the most profound voices in your life influencing your thoughts, your opinions. And so I want to ask all of us today, who has the loudest voice in your life? You know, C.S. Lewis talking about friendship, he said that friendship can be a school of virtue, but also it can be a school of vice. He said it's ambivalent or neutral on the fence. It makes good men better and it makes bad men worse. <laughs> More often than not, the people that you hang around with will determine what C.S. Lewis was getting at is the conduct of your character, of who you are, the determination of where you'll go. Either your friends will push you to become better or your friends will drag you down to become worse. And so in Proverbs, we're going to look at three aspects today of friendship. We're going to look at why friendship matters, how friendship works, and what friendships need. So the first one, why friendship matters. You know, um, there, I was reading actually online that there was a global poll that went about, and, and they asked throughout this poll, in, in various countries throughout the world, they asked this question. They said, do you think your life has meaning and purpose? And surprisingly, the results, as the results came in from every different, different countries across the globe, that those with the highest level of meaning and with purpose were, were people from the country of Liberia in Africa. And those with the least amount of meaning and purpose were those from the Netherlands. And maybe you're thinking here and you're like, I have no idea what those places are, you know? Or maybe you do and you're like, wow, that's really confusing. That's really interesting because if you know anything about Liberia, Africa, they've experienced war after war for many years. And so we could look at those results and see how, how can these people find the most meaning and purpose in their lives in living in such a hostile environment with so many trials, with so much conflict, you mean that purpose and meaning can't be found in a place with craft coffee and colorful flowers? And if you've ever seen pictures of the Netherlands with those giant windmills, you know, and um, all that stuff, wouldn't that bring the most meaning to life? You know, that's what I would think. But we find that that's not true. So why Liberia, Africa? Why does that place prove to have the most, those that live there, to say they have the most meaning and purpose. And I think it proves what we saw in Easy Company, that story I read about that World War II um, company of soldiers. It's that it's only in conflicts and in trials that men and women are forced to make fierce commitments to one another. Note that it's only in conflicts and in trials that men and women are forced to make fierce commitments to one another. So these friendships gave great meaning to these people and great purpose. 
I mean, just look at our TV shows that we watch, right? The beloved TV shows on Netflix that we watch and, and Hulu and everything else and Amazon Prime. I mean, right, one of the most popular ones out there, Friends. I mean, if you've heard I was talking about Friends, that had to come up at least once in the message today, right? You watch this show and you understand the true value and meaning and purpose that friendship gives, right? It's almost impossible to watch these shows and to, and to not say, I want that. I need that in my life. If I only had Joey as a friend and Chandler, you know, and Monica and Phoebe, you know, singing these awkward songs about her cat and stuff. And, you know, like, I need that apartment where everyone just hangs out. And, you know, that coffee shop where we always meet up after work. And um, we want those friends. We understand and people crave deep friendship because relationships matter. It's not an accident that life crises and conflict forces us towards each other. God designed us as human beings. He made us for relationship. Actually, friendship finds its origin in the character and in the nature of who God is, right? We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all of them three in one in perfect relational unity. But he created us in his image for relationship with each other and most importantly, relationship with him. And you read the Bible and you find it's full of friendships, right? I mentioned it before, David and Jonathan, Ruth and Naomi, even Jesus and his disciples and the way that he befriended these rejected men of society. I mean, some of, even as you look at culture, some of the best movies and the best content that's out there is based on the bond of friendship, Lord of the Rings, three movies built on the friendship of Frodo and Sam, right? Anybody Lord of the Rings out there? Yeah, hey, you know, it's like that picture of Sam carrying Frodo up the Mount Mordor. He's like, I can't carry the ring, but I could carry you. And he's like, and you're like, that's a friend. I need a friend like that in my life. You know, we love this idea of these deep, meaningful relationships even in conflict. And if there's one thing that Proverbs teaches us, it's that life is a journey and we were never meant to take this journey alone. We were never meant to walk this journey alone. So friendships matter. Why do they matter? Well, here's three reasons why they matter. Number one is that friendships, they strengthen us. They strengthen you. Being alone, it's not fun right? It's kind of, unless you like it. And if you like it, maybe we can talk afterwards. I'll pray with you. And you like, no, I'm just joking. Um, but when God created the world and he saw it, he said one word. He said, it is good. Yes, exactly. Do you know the first thing that God said wasn't good in the book of Genesis? It's in Genesis 2, um, chapter 2, verse 8. It says that the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. God created us for relationship. I mean, all of us, right? The reality of life is we face conflict, we face trial, we carry burdens. Some of us even today came in here and there's burdens on our shoulders that we are carrying today. And carrying weight alone, heavy weight alone, it's not fun. 
Just ask our cares ministry here at church, the people that move, you know, when you show up to move somebody, you know, and you're the only one there, you're like, this is not fun. You know, carrying burdens alone is not what we're meant to do. God created us to be in friendship with each other, to help one another, to strengthen each other. Solomon, who also wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, he said in Ecclesiastes chapter four, nine through 12, he said this, he said, again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one person keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Proverbs talks about friendship a lot. And you know what's one of the interesting things that it talks about friendship, and maybe some of you can attest to this and you can agree to this, is it talks about friendship in a weird way, how it's better than family. Friendship is is better than family. Look at Proverbs 18.24, if you want to turn there. I'll only ask you to turn to verses that are in this book, so don't worry, I'm not gonna. So this is Proverbs 18.24. I'm looking at the, the second half of it. Proverbs 18.24 says, I'm reading out of the ESV too. It says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there, right here, this last part, there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I think all of us here today can agree to that can see that even in our own lives. Friendships that go deeper than family. Why is it though? Why? Why? Well, I think because in family, you're obligated to look out for each other, right? You, maybe some of you that have younger siblings, you're like, sadly, I understand, you know, because I have to watch out for that one and I don't like it all the time, but I have to look up, you know, or look out for them. We're obligated to care <laughs> whether you like it or not. You're obligated to care for this person, <laughs> But in friendship, a friend chooses to be there for you. There is no obligation. In family, you don't have a choice. You're stuck with them. You got one family, and whether you like it or not, you're stuck with them. But friends, they choose you. Aw, isn't that sweet? And everyone looked at their best friend and smiled. Um, You know, and I mean, you think about it. Friends don't have to be in your life, but they are. And they choose to be there. They do something that family can't do. You know, a friend speaks advice not out of obligation, but of purposeful care for you. They care about you. I mean, just look at Proverbs 27, verse 9. Proverbs 27, verse 9, and I like the way the New Living Translation puts this. It says, heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. So genuine advice given from a close friend is just like a good old whiff of your favorite perfume or cologne. Not any of that cheap Axe body spray. Sorry, guys. You know, uh, those of us that are in junior high or youth ministry, you understand. You're like, I've I've been to too many camps where it's just filled with just the smell of feet and Axe body spray and Cheetos. And it's just like, you're like, it's going to take a while to a couple showers to get that off of me. Um... But this is not what Solomon is talking about. He's talking about, think about your, the sweetest thing you've ever smelled, the most pleasant aroma. That's the counsel of a good friend. They aren't obligated to be there, but they want to help you. And it's true. Friends strengthen us. They, they, they help us from becoming weary, and they also help us from becoming weird. 
<laughs> so they lift us up, but they also keep us from becoming weird. Because let's be honest, if we were all left by ourselves, we'd be pretty weird, right? <laughs> Sometimes when I spend too much time by myself, I'm like talking to myself in the car too. And like, you know, friends are awesome. So first, <laughs> so why friendships matter? The first one, they strengthen you. Secondly, friendships, they sharpen you. In Proverbs 27, verse 17, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. This is where we get the verse for almost every men's ministry in church, right here. Uh, <laughs> as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I mean, that image is powerful, okay? I don't know if you guys have ever seen a sword being made, but it is one of the coolest and roughest and awesome things things you can ever watch and witness. It is so amazing. Today, you know, as I was studying, I was like, and I was coming to this and I was like, you know what? Like, I, I remember watching Discovery Channel and seeing like stuff about that, about like samurai swords and stuff. But I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to freshen up my, uh, my knowledge on sword making, you know, just, you know, cause sometimes you just feel like that. Right. And I threw up a video while I was studying of this blacksmith, just making this sword. And it was like, I like shed a tear. I was like, this is beautiful. This is awesome. It was, it's a powerful image, but if you've seen a, a sword being sharpened, there's a process that goes into it, right? Sharpness, if that's a word, sorry, I didn't go to college. Sharpness can only come through process. It's not something that happens inst instantaneous, but it comes through a process. A sword can't sharpen itself. It needs a piece of iron to come in, listen, close connection there needs to be friction, confrontation. And often when this happens, sparks fly during the process. And so just like that, a good friend can sharpen you. That's the impact that a friend can have on your life. You, I don't know if you knew this, but you were made to have others in close connection with you. You were made to let people in, in a sense, like to let, oh, who can sharpen you? Because most of us here know that we're not perfect, right? You know, I realized that this morning when I woke up and I looked in the mirror and, you know, I was like, my hair is all, and I had stuff in my teeth and like stuff coming out of my eyes. And I'm like, man, God, thank you for Emma that she loves me, <laughs> despite, despite the reality of my imperfection. And so character it doesn't grow with you just sitting by yourself, sipping tea or coffee and listening to podcasts. <laughs> you and I, we need people in our lives to come alongside of us, to encourage us. Um, Pastor Tim Chaddock, who pastors a church in um, London, he actually said this really funny quote and I liked it. He said, it's very rare in your life that you'll need experts to work out what's going on in your life. More often than not, what you really need is a friend. <laughs> it's rare in our life that we go to the experts, right? You get bit by an eel, you get, you know, cut or something serious happens in your life, you know? You're like, I need to go to an expert because I don't know, unless anyone is an expert in this. But more often than not, our pro the problems, the conflicts we face in life, the dullness maybe that we're experiencing even maybe today can be solved with good friendship, with friends, Close proximity is needed, and that includes all personality types, okay? No matter what Enneagram number you might be, whether you're an extrovert or you're an introvert, you know, some of you, maybe you're like, introvert, that's, 
totally me. You know, I don't like to talk much, let people in, you know, I just kind of keep my distance, do my thing, wallflower status. I like to people watch, you know, uh, no talky, you know, maybe that's you. Guess what? You need a friend because it's good for you. Maybe some of you are the, are the opposite and you love to talk. In fact, you talk way too much and too loudly and your laugh is really loud, maybe. I don't know why I said that. Maybe that's, I don't know. Sorry, that might be me. That's probably me. Well, if, if that's you, you also need a friend, a good friend in your life. We all need good friends. No one is exempt from this. You know, it's whether we intentionally push people out of our lives, we don't want to let anyone get too close, or we love the attention that friendship brings, we all need a good friend because sharpness can only come from iron being in close proximity to iron and there being friction happening in it. Single people, you don't need me to remind you this, <laughs> but you need a friend, okay? Married people out there, <laughs> I see you. <laughs> you need a friend. You who are dating and you don't see anybody but your significant other. You need friends. You know, whether you're young, whether you're old, we all need them. You know, and I'm thankful that my wife, Emma, she is my best friend. I was just thinking about it the other day and I was talking to her about it. I was like, you know what? I was so thankful. I was like, man, I can tell you anything. I can talk to her about anything, the books that I'm reading that I love, the stuff that like is blowing my mind, or even like stuff that she has no interest in, like fishing and stuff like that. And she patiently listens and she'll even confront me on issues in my life. Like she's like, hey, this isn't your character, you know, and like, which is far and few in between because, you know, no, I'm just joking. I need a lot of that. But even as a married guy, and, and, and one day when, for those of us that are here, when you do get married, your, your spouse should be your best friend. Okay, there's a little relational tip um, for you guys. Look for a best friend because you're going to be spending every day and every moment with this person. You don't want to spend it with somebody who annoys you. Okay? You want to spend it with somebody that you enjoy being around. But even us married guys, hey oh. Hey, Dave, I see you over there. You know, all of us married people. We need also godly friends, like guys. And for the girls, you need girlfriends in your life who can look me, I'll use me as an example, who can look me in the face and be like, Zach, stop being dumb, okay? They can just call you out and they can speak truth into your life. <laughs> you know, and the Bible agrees with that, that I'm dumb. No, I'm joking. But the Bible agrees with, with that. In Proverbs 27, verse 6, listen, it says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. We'll, we'll talk more about that verse later on, but we need faithful wounds of friends in our life. Beware of people that only compliment you and that flatter you. You know, God has given us all the ability to be a good sharpening friend to others. And he's also given us friends in our life to sharpen us and to make us better. So friends strengthen us. This is why friendship matters. It strengthens us, it sharpens us. And the third one, friends steer us. You know, friendship is not only about how you get on with life, but they're also about where you're going. What direction are you heading in right now? Friends will help steer your life one way or the other. If you look at Proverbs 12, verse 26, 
it says, one who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. And that verse basically lays out this truth that those friends that you have in your life, they have power to steer the direction you're gonna go, okay? If you have friends in your life that are walking in the way of Jesus, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they're coming to church, they're reading their word, guess what? They're gonna give you great direction in your life. They're gonna help steer you in hopefully the right direction. <laughs> they won't advise you to do anything illegal, you know, stuff like that. You know, they'll steer you in the right direction. But in contrast, those who don't know God, those who are in a sense living in a way that is opposite of God, they're gonna look into your life and they're gonna influence you naturally in the opposite direction of God. And so we learn that even the way of the wicked, it can lead you astray. You know, I think about one of my best friends, um, cause I grew up in Texas, I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Texas and one of my best friends, he doesn't live here so I can talk about him. Um, but we knew each other in high school. We knew each other since we were like in eighth grade. And we grew up in high school and, and we grew up in high school like before we gave our lives to the Lord. So we ran in the world together. And like looking, I was thinking back, I don't think back, back about that part of my life too often. I don't encourage you to either. But when I was looking back at my life, we would influence each other to do some stupid things, like some very foolish decisions. We would encourage each other to say, hey dude, just whatever's on your heart, just do it, man. Just do it, dude. Just your heart, follow your heart, dude. And like, what I, what I didn't realize though is that my heart was sinful and was like wrong and wanted to constantly do the, the wrong thing to, to run against, away from God. But now by God's grace, and it's, and it's really cool to see by God's grace how he saved both of us. He brought us both out of um, the sin we were in bondage in and saved us. And um, when I look at his friendship now, today, you know, and he's still one of my closest friends. He gives me some of the like, most godly advice out there that I can find. And I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, what a contrast from um, influence that a friend can have. And I think sometimes we don't realize that, you know? Sometimes we don't realize that. Sometimes we, we compromise for friendship because, I mean, let's be real. We all want friends, you know, nobody wants to be alone. I remember when I first gave my life to the Lord, and this is kind of not, this is off the cuff. Hey, oh, Andrew, this is off the cuff. But um, the first time I gave my, well, the first time, the time I gave my life to the Lord, I'm, every day I'm giving my life to the Lord. Just, <laughs> Lord, I need you, that song, right? Oh gosh, every day. But when I gave my life to the Lord, I remember like I cut out so many friendships that I was in, like deleted numbers, stopped hanging out with people, going to things, and like, I'll be real, it was hard. It was, there was a cost to it. I found myself like alone for a lot, a lot of my early walk with Jesus. And I wasn't like, I mean, there was a moment, like I remember I was like, yeah, it's just like, you know, honeymoon phase, I guess you're like, Jesus is awesome, that's all I need, you know, and, and, and he is. But then like, I'm like, man, this is like the, you know, <laughs> X a number of days that I haven't seen another human my age. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and I realized, I was like, that was one of my first prayers was, God, bring me godly friends. 
I need, I just, I need young God. At that time I was young. I'm not, I'm 29 now. But at that time I was, you know, I don't know, 17 years old. And I was like, God, I need, I need young godly friends in my life. And, um, and God did provide that and it influenced me greatly. And so here in Proverbs, we find a warning for us that you will, you will be in ruin either for a lack of friends or for having the wrong ones in your life. For having the wrong ones in your life. And so we see there why friendship matters. It strengthens you. It sharpens you. And they steer you. They steer your direction. And so secondly, how do friendships work? What does the Bible say about that? What does Proverbs has to say about this? How do we build friendships? Get out your notebooks, everyone, because we're going to have an exercise afterwards where we hold hands and sing Kumbaya and trust fall, right? Joel, where's Joel? I don't know if you saw, but me and Joel, like, we're in the exact same outfit today. <laughs> True friendship right here. Um, how do we build these friendships? Well, we have to remember this important note is that the church cannot automatically give you friends, okay? The church is not eHarmony for fr- finding friends where you're like, well... I just want to find a friend, you know, who's like 24 and then they, you know, drive this car and they're vegan and then they like to do this, but they don't like to do that. And just, and, and we're like, well, if you open door number one, you'll find Josh who uh, is just fits your, you know, that's not what church is, is like. Be, and the reason why, listen to this, is, this is the reason why guys, is that friendships cannot be manufactured. They can only be discovered. Friendships can't be manufactured. They can only be discovered. But the church, it's awesome. It can help. You know, I heard it said that the church is like a greenhouse, right? Like a green, I don't know if anybody botanist out there, but if you've ever been in a greenhouse or you know anything about what a greenhouse is, or you graduated from elementary school, (laughs) um, you know that a greenhouse, what does it do? It simply provides an environment where plants can flourish, keyword, naturally. And the church is like that. The church can't force friendships to happen in your life, but hopefully it can provide an environment where deep and meaningful friendships can be discovered and where they can be grown, okay? And so here's four quick little ways, practical ways that friendships work in our life. The first one and how friendships work. Number one, we gotta make commitments, okay? And I know I'm talking to young adults, and, and the reason why I can say this is because I was, I, I, I'm holding on to it still. I'm still young. I'm 29. I'm still young. I, I, I was like this. I was transient, man. I didn't like committing to anything. I, you know, I was like, oh, if there's something better going on, you know, like a friend of mine, if there's something better, going, I'm going to go to Disneyland or I'm going to go, you know, find something. But, you know, we're so fluid because, you know, it's like freedom and we just want to do whatever we want. We don't like to commit sometimes. But in order to make friendships work, you got to make commitments. You know, friends are loyal. The reason why so many friendships die or they just cease to exist is because people aren't willing to count the cost necessary to keep them or to start them. We don't like to commit, you know, and I think we, we realize the importance, though, of friendships these past couple of months of being isolated and quarantined and we're like, I can only be with my, you know, my family for so long. God, let me out. You know, we need, we understand that need. We need community. Community is good. We need each other. 
but we need to understand that great friends, they're not, they shouldn't be casual. They should be based on a binding commitment. Proverbs 17, 17 says that a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Now, when it says a friend loves at all times, it doesn't mean that your friend is going to be there loving you like 24-7 every day. And they're like, hey, how's it going? You know, you just woke up. And, you know, I just want to see you if you have any good dreams, you know. And then, you know, like you like, they wake you up and, and then you like get home from work and they're there at your door and they're waiting for you. Like, you want to hang out? And you're like, no, I just got home from work. I kind of want to go and like get some food. Or, and like, okay, well, I'll just wait out here until you're ready, you know, until you're ready. To, <laughs> you know, that's not what it means to love, a friend loves at all times. What it really, what that means is that a friend loves in every season of life, okay? When life is joyful, when life is great, friends, they're, they're rejoicing with you. And even when life is a struggle and when tragedy strikes, a friend is there. True friends stick around. You know, I heard a pastor say this recently. Um, and he said, if you wanna know who your friends are, fall down and see who's there to pick you up. Make a mistake. Find yourself in a valley. And who's there to encourage you, to pick you up? It's a, a good test, even a good test for ourselves and for the friends that we have. Are we being good friends in that way? And so are you that type of person that someone else can turn to in their time of need? You know? Or are you looking for somebody for that in your life? And I understand commitment, like it's hard. It's hard to make these commitments. And, and, but know that like your commitments, they can't be spread out. You know, social media is such a lie. You do not have like 2,000 friends, okay? <laughs> it's just a lie. That's somebody who just has access to your homepage and they just get to see your photos that you post, <laughs> you know? In reality, I forget, I was listening to this radio station that was talking about it like, and it was saying like in reality, the, like the human mind can only comprehend like a handful of, of deep friendships. Like it can't keep more than like 10 or something like that. Like we're not meant to be spread thin with bunch of acquaintances, all right? And that's why Proverbs 18.24 in the ESV version, says it different than NKJ, but in the ESV version, it says a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so why, 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 why would a man of many companions come to a ruin? Why is there a friend that sticks closer than their brother? And, that, and the reason why a friend stands out above many companions, if you want to contrast the two, is that a friend will not let you go to ruin. A friend will not let you go to ruin. Popularity can bring you to ruin. A true friend won't let you ruin your life. Commitment, it's costly. But a friend will be there even when it costs. Even as... The age-old classic by Randy Newman, which is one of my son's favorite songs. He says, you've got a friend in me. Yes, you've got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, you just remember what your old pal said. Boy, you've got a friend in me. Yeah, you've got a friend in me. <laughs> just wait. you got a friend in me. If I've got trouble, or if you've got troubles, I've got them too. There isn't anything that I wouldn't do for you. We stick together, and we can see it through. Because you got a friend in me. Yeah, you got a friend in me. (laughs) 
That's like one of the greatest movies of all time. If you didn't know that's Toy Story, maybe I dated myself. I hope I didn't. I don't think we're getting that old. I love that song. But friendships count the cost. They're committed. Secondly, friends are candid. They need to be candid with each other. And that word simply means open, honest, transparent, real. Nobody likes fake friends. You know, and what's actually interesting is the Hebrew word for friend is closely related to the Hebrew word for secret, which, which should implicate that a friend is somebody who you share your closest secrets with, who you're able to, in a sense, bear your soul before. A good friendship should be a place of refuge where you can listen and you can be heard, honestly, you know? And I'll ask you that. Do you listen to your friends? Like when your friends talk, do you listen or are you like interrupting them? Like, well, actually, you know, it's a, I, got the advice, I got the answer for what you're about to say. I do that a lot. And I need to like, my wife's laughing because I'm a horrible listener. <laughs> I need to work on that. But do we listen well? Because if you can listen well, you can speak well. The Bible teaches us that. Be quick to listen and be slow to speak Many of us, we're just not good listeners. We love giving advice and our opinions, but, you know, but a, um, a good friend will listen well and will also speak honestly too, to be candid, not just listen well, but to speak the truth. You know, are you, maybe you're here today, are you afraid to say something to one of your friends be, that may need to hear something? You know, maybe you have something to say to one of your friends, but you're afraid to say it, but you know they need to hear it. Well, if that's you, Proverbs says that you're not being a good friend. Because a good friend will speak the truth. Friends are willing to be honest and lovingly challenge each other. Proverbs 27, verse 5 and 6 says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love, and faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And that's funny, right? It kind of, it kind of reverses it. It says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend? but the kisses of an enemy, you know, like it, he reverses it there. But the truth is a friend at times will tell you what's hard to hear. You know, there, there's an old Irish poet, his name was Oscar Wilde. And he said, a true friend stabs you in the front. They tell you the truth up front. They're not talking behind your back. They're not stabbing you in the back. A true friend stabs you in the front. And so friendship will involve confrontation, correction. So expect confrontation, in friendships, there should be it, but also examine it, you know, examine it with the word of God, what they say, what people might say to you, examine it, hey, is this, is this the Lord? But then, so, but at the same time, endure, endure confrontation. Sometimes people will just lay it out on you and you're like, okay, I can, you're like, I can see some truth in that, but you're going a little overboard, you're a little, uh, <laughs> you don't have to throw that in, you know, <laughs> the way that I dress, you know, or whatever, you know, they might go a little overboard, but, <laughs> but friendships should be candid, when was the last time you said to a friend, I invite you to speak truth into my life? That's a heavy statement. When was the last time you allowed your friendship that place? Because they should have that place, close friends. So friendships are committed, they're candid. Thirdly, they're careful. And that is just a simple way, meaning like we just gotta be careful and loving with each other. You know, you gotta know where your friends are at emotionally and spiritually, you know, um, Proverbs, speaking of a bad friend, we read it. He says in Proverbs 25, he says, whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like someone who takes off a garment on a cold day or pours vinegar on soda, just explodes everywhere. 
Like, you got to know the state of your friends. You know, if your friend just like broke up with someone, you know, you're not going to play like, this is my favorite love song that I want to get married to. You know, you're like, that's just, or if your friend is super bummed out and depressed, you're not going to sing Taylor Swift. You're not going to pop Taylor Swift in and be like, you know, you just got to know where your friends are at. You got to be careful. You got to be loving. (laughs) Don't be, you know, don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. Be sensitive. Sensitivity is good for friendship. Pray for the Holy Spirit discernment. Like, man, the Holy Spirit, give me sensitivity with my words. Help me not to be quick to speak, but to, like we were talking about, listen. You know, Proverbs 25, talking about being careful with your friends. Proverbs 25, 17 says, Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and he hates you. (laughs) Okay? So don't be that weird guy that, like, is always over. All right? Boundaries are good for friendships, all right? Cool it. Don't become a creeper, all right? And just always showing up, like I said before, like boundaries are good, you know? Especially if your friend is married or they have kids, you know? Boundaries are good. Like when you're, some of us who are in here, when you, when you get friends that are married and stuff, like you learn like, oh man, I can't hang out with you. Like it's not gonna, there's just, there's just a shift in it, you know? Um, I mean, I have a kid. I got married three years ago. I know what it's like. Like, I want to hang out with so many of my friends, but, like, the reality is, is, like, I would have to, like, forsake my wife and my child. (laughs) Like, yeah, you know, like, and so boundaries are good. But at the same time, too many boundaries, they're bad, you know? You can't build a fortress and let nobody in and and don't let anybody in. So build a fence, not not a fortress, you know? The difference, you can see through one. Fortress, you can't, you know? Build, you know, boundaries are good. Be careful with your friends. Understand where they're at. So, <laughs> commitment, uh, candid, careful, and lastly, um, on how friendships work. Um, friends keep confidence, okay? Which means if somebody tells you something that shouldn't be repeated, don't repeat it. <laughs> if they say something in confidence to you, don't share it with your mom or, <laughs> you know, other friends, or don't post about it. Be like, oh, just, you know, like, don't. Don't do that because one of the beauties of friendship is that you can have confidence with each other. You can share your biggest dreams and your darkest doubts, you know, and that's okay to do that. Proverbs 17.9 says that whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. So sharing that, man, that's how, I mean, I don't need to preach on this. We've all been wounded in some way or form of someone sharing something publicly that we didn't want to be shared publicly. Don't break, conf- don't break confidence with each other. So that's how friendship works. And lastly, what friendships need. And this is where we'll close. You know, many of us can hear this message on friendship and we realize two things. We realize, man, I want that. That sounds awesome, Zach. And then also we realize, man, I'm not that to other people. So what's the answer? Well, the answer is in two parts. Number one, I believe that Proverbs teaches us that our friendships can never be just about themselves. There must be a goal. And what I mean by that is like, you know, maybe you have friends and you're like, you have a friendship and it's all about you guys. Okay? And the moment that that friend hangs out with another friend, you're like, you interrogate them. Okay? You're like, where were you yesterday? Huh? 
I saw you, you know, and, you know, I saw Instagram or I saw this, you know, and they're like, oh, I was just with another friend. And you're like, your eye starts to twitch and you're like, other friend? Huh? Really? You're with another friend? You know, <laughs> God, God designed friendships to be more than just about themselves. All right. There's a greater goal to friendship. And this is what brings true fulfillment and satisfaction to friendships. And this is it, knowing and loving God first and knowing and loving each other next. And that's the beauty of the gospel is it gives us that ultimate common passion and vision because the goal for a friendship, a friendship is to help each other become who God wants them to be in the future. That should be the goal of every friendship a mutual commitment of pushing each other towards Jesus, becoming like Jesus, right? Some, some people are like super grateful that they have friends that are like, I can just be myself, you know? And you're like, it's, and, and I never change. I never change. And then like other people know that person, they're like, they need to change. They need, <laughs> the reason why they haven't changed is because they're with the same friends since elementary school, you know? <laughs> um, they only hang out with people that agree with them. You know, um, this guy, Gordon McDonald, said it really funny. He said, he said, there's a certain niceness to a friendship where I can be, as they say, myself. But what I really need are relationships and will, and where I will be encouraged to become better than myself. Myself needs to grow a little each day. And I don't want to be the myself I was yesterday. I want to be the myself that is developing each day to be more like Christ. And that's, that's what friendship should be, man, pushing each other forward. A good friend will push you in your faith, will encourage you in your faith. And so friendships, it's not just about themselves. There's a greater goal. And then lastly, secondly, we need to, we need a love that's greater than our friendship, meaning Jesus, man, that can only be found in Christ. When you obey the first and the greatest commandment that Jesus said, which is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and strength, like you won't be tweaked out when friends are, you know, you didn't tell me you're going on a, on a trip over there and you didn't invite me. You know, like you won't be, you'll be like, dude, you can rejoice with those who rejoice. You can, you know, be, you can lovingly love them without shade, <laughs> Because the reality is, is that friends, friends, every friend you have will let you down. That's just the truth of who we are as sinners. We let people down. But Jesus, he'll never let you down. He'll never let you down. Jesus will always forgive you when you fail. Other friends might not even be there when you need them the most, but Jesus will always be there with you in your time of need. He is the greatest friendship upon which all other friendships are to be built on. I mean, the reason why we're able to love others is because we have been loved so greatly by Jesus. The reason why we are able to forgive our friends is because we have been forgiven by Christ. The reason we are able to help others is because we have been helped by him. And you know, I think that's so foundational to friendship. To ask that question, to think about it that way, to ask that question, what are your friendships built upon? What foundation are they built upon? Are they built on the foundation of Jesus?
You know, Jesus gave that story and he said, you know, two men built two different styles of houses, two different houses. One decided to build it on the sand. The other decided to build it on the rock, the rock being the word of God. And both houses experienced the same storms, the rain, the same wind, the same hurricane, everything. The one that was built on the sand, it fell. And the Bible says it was a great fall. But the one that was built on the rock stood strong. And that's what's true with friendships. Building our friendships on the foundation of the greatest friend that we have, Jesus Christ, will keep our friendships steady and help us really to be good friends. You know, I mean, Jesus said it also in in John 15, uh, verse 13 and 15. He said, greater love has no one than this, then someone lay down his life for his friends. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. And there it is again, that Hebrew word for friendship is closely related to that Hebrew word for secret. And, and Jesus reveals that to us, that he even calls us friends. And it's amazing to think about that. It really is. And he is our greatest friend. And so I leave all of us here with those two questions. Number one, are you seeking out good friendships, godly friendships, ones that are going to strengthen you, ones that are going to sharpen you, and ones that are going to steer you in the right direction? And the second question is, are, are you looking for ways to be a good friend? Are you committing Are you being candid and people are able to be candid with you? Are you being careful with how you speak and the and the emotional state of your friends? Are you keeping confidence with your friends? You know, and I think this is a great encouragement for us. I think for us as believers, especially with everything that has gone on with um, coronavirus and isolation and, and not seeing each other. Um, it can get really easy to let friendships fall through the cracks. You know, I've even experienced it myself. You know, and, and we can get so, sometimes we can get so stuck in that, oh, no one's reaching out to me, or or man, you know, they're fine. I don't need to reach out to them. They know I love them, you know. But is the Lord putting someone on your heart to reach out to, to seek to be that good friend for? Jesus said that when we um, when we serve, we're blessed in turn. And so... I pray that God would help us to understand how to be a good friend and how to use wisdom in our friendships. And so, Lord, we just pray right now. We thank you for your word. Thank you, God, where it convicts us. And so often it does. Lord, so often it it hits and reveals stuff in our life we didn't know was there. Lord, I know it's true for me. And so I just pray, Father, um, that... You would empower us by the Holy Spirit to be good friends. And we know, God, that that's not possible through our own manufacturing, Father. We can't do it on our own. Lord, we can try and do the right things and good deeds, but we know that it only produces dead religion. It produces um, stuff that isn't real, God. We need transformation by your Holy Spirit. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill every one of us and change our hearts. Give us love, Lord, to love the way that you loved. Grace to show grace. 
like you showed grace. Give us truth, Lord, and the courage to speak truth. Jesus, just as you spoke truth into others' lives. And help us, Lord, to counsel and to be a help to those that you've placed in our life and to even look for those maybe that are on the outskirts to befriend. Lord, we all need good friends. We thank you that you are our greatest friend. We just commit this all to you, Jesus. We pray in your precious name. Amen.